Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, a daily rundown of all things Vice. It's Friday, March 9th. I'm Chris Hurdy. Today, we'll hear about depression tattoos and how they can help people cope. But first, the headlines. On Wednesday, Florida state legislature passed its first piece of gun control legislation since the school shooting in Parkland. The bill raises the age to purchase firearms from 18 to 21 and introduces a three-day waiting period before most guns can be bought. It would also allow some teachers and staff to carry guns in school after a modest training program. If Governor Rick Scott signs the bill, it will be the first gun control measure Florida has adopted in over 20 years. Harvey Weinstein hasn't been arrested for any of the dozens of sexual assault and rape allegations against him. But those days look like they might be numbered. On Wednesday, New York Police Department's chief of detectives, Robert Boyce, said that they've built a strong case against Weinstein. But Boyce said it's up to New York City's district attorney, Cy Vance, to go after him. And if former porn star Stormy Daniels wins her lawsuit against Donald Trump, she'll finally be able to tell the world all about their alleged affair. But her victory could also open the president up to charges of violating U.S. election law. On Monday, Daniels filed a lawsuit in California claiming that her nondisclosure agreement, which would prevent her from talking publicly about the affair, is null and void because Trump never signed the document. Daniel's complaint also alleges that Trump knew about his attorney's efforts to keep her quiet. Government watchdog groups say that if that's true, the lawsuit could prove that Trump broke federal campaign finance laws. And now, here's the news you won't get anywhere else. In the last few years, there's been an uptick in two related things, mental illness awareness and depression tattoos, ink that people get while experiencing depression, anxiety, or grief. Some are personal mantras, while others are expressions of solidarity with other people who have struggled with mental illness. Tonic writer Rajul Punjabi looked into how this type of tattoo can help people acknowledge that they've been through something challenging and, ultimately, move forward. Here's Vice's Sophie Kazis speaking with Raj about the story. He wrote an article on a growing phenomenon, which is depression tattoos, which are ink that's linked to a person's relationship with depression or anxiety or grief. And you started your article in the first person. So the piece came from a personal place. What is your story with depression tattoos? Yeah, like so many of the articles that uh, we put out at Tonic, it it did start from a personal place. So uh, we had been talking about the uh, trend of depression tattoos, people getting inked uh, when they are feeling depressed or anxious or struggling with some kind of mental illness. And I thought about when I was living in New Orleans and I was depressed after a breakup and I got a tattoo that said run in the rain, which kind of symbolized embracing the storm instead of trying to avoid it. 
my run in the rain tattoo actually is something that my dad always used to say to me. He kind of appropriated this quote about not running from the storm, but instead dancing in the rain. I used to run every morning in New Orleans when I was having a point in my life when I was depressed. So sometimes in the mornings I wouldn't want to go because it would be storming. And my dad would call me and encourage me to just go anyway and figure out how to run through the storm. And I really felt like that was weirdly deep and metaphoric. And I feel like a lot of people's depression tattoos are lines or images from things that lifted them up. So we wanted to know the psychology behind it. So what is the psychology behind it? I know you talked to a psychologist at NYU and he talked to you about what's going on here. So there were so many interesting things he said. First, I just want to bring up the most common and trendy depression tattoo, which is the semicolon. Um, this became a trend about three years ago. And it is the semicolon is a symbol of someone's life going on instead of stopping. It's a symbol of someone who has had suicidal ideation and almost ended their life but didn't um, and came out of that depression. So David Klemanski, the psychologist at NYU, was telling me how tattoos like this symbolize a kind of badge of honor and kind of create a community for people struggling with mental illness. Because if you see the semicolon tattoo or the dopamine tattoo, which is kind of a newer one, you kind of bond with the person and know that they've been through something that you have too. And it's it's all over Instagram and, you know, people have seen these. So I agree with him. It's a badge of honor. Something he said that I thought was really interesting was this idea of integrating your depression or anxiety or grief into yourself as a whole person. So tattooing a symbol of depression onto your skin is sort of a way to acknowledge that that experience is a part of you and not something outside of you that is a failure or something to be ashamed of, but something that you have dealt with in the past and have moved through in the past. And so if you look at it, you know you can do that again. I thought that point of integration was interesting. I love it because this psychologist is, you know, just as nerdy as every NYU psychologist, but he was so Disney Pixar with me about this. And it, it's so nice when science and kind of positivity go along like this in like kind of a whimsical nature because yes if you do emblazon something on your body it symbolizes acceptance he told me so you know it's not something that you're embarrassed about it's something that you have accepted as a part of your whole package your whole being and that can be very healing in itself Another thing the psychologist said that really resonated with me and a lot of my sources I spoke to three or four other people was that getting a tattoo gives you a kind of a sense of control over your body and mind in a time when you are not feeling any control at all and you're feeling very helpless. That's what mental illness does sometimes. It makes us feel hopeless and helpless. And sitting there in the chair and making the decision to do something permanent to yourself, it may sound silly, but it's extremely empowering. We all know whether you have tattoos or not, getting tattoos is a painful process. Is there some kind of relationship there between the pain in getting a tattoo and the numbness that can sometimes be associated with depression? Absolutely. David Klemanski talked about how it can feel really good to feel something, even if it's pain, when you are depressed, because a lot of people don't know this, but numbness comes along with that sometimes. For some people, they feel very numb when they're depressed. Um, and we have stories about this as well. But the interesting thing about that is that we have to be careful because there are small studies and research that show that tattoos can be a form of self-harm 
when people are depressed. And I kind of talk about that a little in in my personal part of this story about how the pain almost felt good. And I mean, that's that's neither here nor there, but it can be considered self-harm if, you know, you're feeling emotional pain already and then the physical pain feels, I don't want to say refreshing, but almost refreshing. It's kind of dark, but it's all the reality. Like I said, accepting the whole package of you, you know, the darker sides of mental illness. So what's the takeaway of the article? What do you want your readers to understand? I think the takeaway for me is different than when I started writing the article. I didn't realize how widespread this depression tattoo phenomenon really was, if you want to call it that. And I think the takeaway now is that this is something that we're moving toward accepting and embracing as a part of ourselves instead of seeing it as a flaw. And by this, I mean, you know, any type or form or capacity of mental illness or even expressing that you were sad or depressed during a phase in your life. For me, the takeaway is the tattoos are almost a portal to us being more open about these things. And I can't help but feel that's really positive. What has people's response been to this article on social media or elsewhere? On social media, it's been doing well, and I I love seeing people's comments about how they have one, too, and sometimes they'll post a picture in there, and that's always nice um, to get engagement and to kind of form and broaden that community. But people have also emailed me personally and told me their whole entire story. I'm talking paragraphs and paragraphs and sent pictures of their depression and anxiety tattoos. And I feel extremely humbled and privileged by that because it's kind of like Christmas gifts coming into my mailbox being like, hey, let's validate each other, even though that's not the healthiest way to think about it. But let's be there for each other. And, you know, I feel you and hear you. And I'm, I'm with you on this. To read the full article, go to tonic.vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. And tune in again Monday for another Vice Guide to Right Now.